This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Psalm 90 book four. This marks the 60% mark through the book of Psalms. It is a prayer of Moses. It's one of the few Psalms that uh, Moses wrote. But it is a very, it definitely comes from a different perspective. It's, it's, it, you can tell that you're reading someone else and their perspective of God. And I I always think it's wonderful to hear and to see other people's perspective of God and, uh, and their take. I was, I was having a conversation with someone even last week and, and they grew up with a certain theological view of, the end times and the revelation and uh, understandable. It's a view that I have. And some, there were some people in the church that had a little bit different view of that view of revelation. And, and sometimes when you're young and you're uh, studying the word and you grew up being taught one thing and then somebody else comes along and we're not talking about theological hills to die on. We're not talking about things that totally fundamentally changed the Christian faith. We're talking about, we're talking about understandings and how we look at things from a different perspective. And uh, sometimes when that happens, you begin to think, man, some of these folks are messed up. They, 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 they they're wrong. They don't, they, they're, they may not, not even be Christians. And, and that's the initial reaction. Then as you mature, you realize that people from different social and cultural backgrounds see the word of God from a different perspective. Now, they don't see the truths of the Word of God from a different perspective, but how that plays out in their lives can sometimes be real, really different. And I always think that is wonderful. It's amazing. Now, the same, they have the same experiences with the Holy Spirit, and, and they get led by God the same way, and they're born again, and they're converted, and repentance, and all those ideas, and especially the idea, understandings of Jesus being 100% God and 100% man, and that he came in the flesh, and that he lived a sinless life, and all those things are exactly the same. Even someone from, from the area you live in can come from a totally different background, how they were raised, where they were raised, the situations that they faced growing up, and sometimes people see the grace of God, and the goodness of God, and the love of God, and the work of God in their lives totally different. And I grew up with a, a good father, and I grew up with a, in a home where where we were pushed to be our best, and we were expected to be our best. Some people don't grow up with that. And when God begins to work in their lives, how they see God because of how they grew up is different. And sometimes they see God from a whole different, more loving perspective than I do. And sometimes they see God from a whole, maybe even feel like he's angry with them and things like that. And those perspectives are what make us unique in the kingdom of God. And he wants us to be unique. And we try to help people see God the way he presents himself through scripture. But we also want you to have your own unique walk with God because your own unique walk with God, um, it well, it glorifies God in a very special way. 
<clears throat> and that's why you are a trophy of his grace in heaven. Each one of us individually, singularly, are a trophy of his grace because we are uniquely, you were uni uniquely made right before him and uh, made holy before him. And that uniqueness is special to God. And in fact, in the Revelation, he gives you his own, your own name that comes from him. And I always think of that as being very, people who have intimate, close relationships with each other oftentimes have very special, unique names that they call each other together. And God has a unique name for you because you're uniquely his and his grace is uniquely at work in your life. It says, it says in, in Psalm, it's a prayer of Moses, the man of God. I love that. And that's actually in the scripture. That's neat. It's not just a, a heading uh, written by someone in modern times. It is actually in the Psalm, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. And we all know Moses' inadequacies and we all know Moses' issues. And yet God took those uh, broken things that were Moses and made a great man of God out of him. What a blessing just to read that. He says, Lord, you have been, been our dwelling place in all generations. Notice he's, he's going to recognize the eternality of God and the work of God from the beginning to the end. He says, before the mountains were brought forth, or even you had formed the earth or the world, the earth of the uh, cosmos, before, before you had formed any of those things, even from everlasting to everlasting, you were God. What he's saying is, God, you were before everything was, but before, before, and when Jesus was asked about Moses and whether he was the prophet, he said, before Moses was, I am which means that they plot, the Jews plotted their, their place of, of honor and blessing in the kingdom of heaven back to Moses and being led out, of, uh, led out of Egypt into the promised land. And that made him what we have written here, a prayer of um, the, the man of God. They saw him as the man of God, but see, before Moses was, Jesus was. Before Moses was, the Father was. Before Moses was, the Holy Spirit was. And before even the mountains were formed, God existed. Before even the earth was laid, before, before the heavens and, and the cosmos was flung forth by God, God existed. God is. He, he exists before, during, and after, all at the same time. He is God. He says, you turn man to destruction and say, return, O children of men. Notice he, he, he is, he's recognizing that man, that man has, is bent toward destruction and that he, God himself, has a grace plan for man. He says, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past. Notice Moses understands that time is a plane on which we live. We do live in the dimensions, the three-dimensional space that we're in, but we also understand that three-dimensional space has a extra dimension that is time. And time, as we go through space, the three-dimensional space, we also go through time itself. And time is a dimension of God's creation. Also, gravity is a dimension of God's creation, and we're learning, to, coming to find out that there are other dimensions, subatomic dimensions with our particle colliders and, and things like that. But Moses, even thousands of years ago, understood that 
Time was a, a dimension that life was lived in. And he says, for God, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday as it is past. He's saying, a thousand years is just just the day I spent yesterday, which I woke up early and I, I, for some reason when the fall comes, I'm a in a little bit more of a fog in the morning and, and boy, I'm, uh, I come in here and do Bible study and uh, sometimes I leave, especially as the uh, day's short and I, I, I leave going to work going, did I even do a good job on Bible study? I don't know what I'm doing. And then I get to work and, and it's like a fog. I just I got to go in and doing and, and working with folks and doing and courting and then before I know it, I'm back at home. And went to watch a ball game last night, went to watch my nephew, nephew play junior high football. It's just a blur. It's just a blur. Can you imagine a thousand years being like that to God? It's just over with just like that. And it is. And even though he's alive at the start of the thousand years and at the end of the thousand years, and he's alive at the same existence, in the same existence, he is alive. It says, he says, and like a watch in the night, you carried them away like a flood. I'm sorry. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past. And watch in the night. It's just, it's just quickly. You carry them away like a flood. They are like asleep in the morning. They are like grasses which grow up. In the morning it flourishes and grows up. And in the evening it is cut down and withers. Notice he's talking about, he's talking about time. He's talking about us. He's talking about how time is just, it just, it's like, it's like, it's whistling through, through God's existence. And so are we. We grow up today and, and we're gone tomorrow. And, and life is just that quick. And it's just quickly that quickly live. And each and every day has such great value. And each day is a blessing. And each day should be enjoyed for the goodness that God has given you. I'm, I'm looking over your shoulders as we're doing this Bible study, looking at a gorgeous, landscape and knowing the goodness of God and what he's what he's made for us and each day is a great blessing he says for we have been consumed by your anger and your wrath we're in uh, and by your wrath we're terrified you have set our iniquities before you. you notice the first thing that you deal with when you come to God is you deal with sin and God's anger his wrath towards sin but now remember that sin is removed from us and placed on Christ but God has wrath for sin. He has, he, is, he has anger for that which is not him. He says, you have set our iniquities before you. Notice he's, he's taken our iniquities and he's put, put them before you. Our secret sins in the light of your countenance. Not just the iniquities that people know and the, and the failures that people can commonly see, but everything that is not God, everything that is not according to his will. I always say not God. You've got God, and then you've got everything that's not God, and everything that's not God is sin. And he says it's right there before you. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. Notice that, that Moses is even struggling with his own sin. He, the whole psalm started out, the man of God, and yet his and yet the life we live, our, our the salvation that God brings about in our lives, that, that work of Sozo, that work of sanctification that God does in our lives, that work of sanctification that's going on each and every day in our lives it, it is dealing with our sin and, and causing us to choose God 
And it seems like each and every day is such a struggle and such a battle and such a war. But the truth is that God is faithful and he is doing his work and his will perfectly for us. And even though it seems like the struggle lasts all day and all night and, and the days pass just quickly, even though uh, it seems that way, God has it before him and he is dealing with us and it. The days of our lives are 70 years. Notice God limited the number of days that man should live down to 120, and then he dropped it down to 70. And, and Moses understood that. He said, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, notice, and even if a person lives on to 80 or 90 or even 100, he, he says, yet their boast is only in labor and sorrow, meaning those years are continually years of struggle and difficulty. They're continually years of pain and dealing with things. And a lot of people say, I just can't wait till retirement. But I deal with people who are retired uh, uh, a lot. And I know especially our, our, our co-pastor of our church, Terry and, and, and Diane, and, and many of those who are older in our church, who are, who are, who are uh, regular and faithful to our church, they're out doing things all day long for people and doing ministry and dealing with issues and dealing with other people. They're still dealing with the issues of the world each and every day and dealing with the struggles of life. And that's what we are in, the struggles of life. He says, even if you live to 80, 90, or 100, he says, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. And that's a, and even Moses here says, that's, there it is, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Even so we labor and we toil and we struggle before God and our sins are dealt with and his wrath is on our sin and they're pulled out of our life, even sometimes pulled out of our life, kicking and screaming and, and God places them on Jesus and puts them to death. And that's what he did. He placed the sin of the world on Jesus and, and pronounced his sentence upon that sin, death. And Jesus bore our sins to the grave and then was raised again to provide us the new life, a life that is free of those sins. He says, who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And what he's saying is, teach us to, to respect and understand the very importance of the moments and the days that we live so that we can understand wisdom, that we can understand the work of God each and every day on us and through us and in our lives and that we can struggle with God. That is really what life is like. It's just it's just Jacob on the side of the river and seeing that stairway of heaven and, and the angel of the Lord coming and wrestling with him. Well, life is just a wrestling with God each and every day. It's a wrestling with God and he's God's wrestling against us and sometimes we're pulling for us and sometimes we're pulling for God. We're pulling for God to change our lives. And that's what's going on here. He says, return, O Lord, how long? And have compassion on your servants. And, and here Moses is beginning to pull for God to defeat him. And a lot of times that's just what I need. I need God to defeat me so that I can have him. And my will is very strong and it, it desires its own, its own wants and it has its own path it wants to walk. And I need God sometimes just to defeat me. I need him to beat me. I need him to win this struggle in life. And Moses understood that. And he said, return, O Lord, how long is it going to be? And have compassion on your servants. Oh, satisfy us early with your mercy. Notice, notice, uh, we get up in the morning and we have Bible study together. And he says, satisfy us early with your mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. 
See, joy and gladness comes with walking with God. It doesn't come uh, with walking in our own ways and our own uh, purposes. It, it comes from him returning and winning over our will and being victorious over our and giving us his heart and his desires. He says, make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us. Notice, gladness does come when God afflicts our own desires. He, he attacks our own sin nature. Goodness comes from that, even though it's painful in the moment and it's a struggle in the moment. The struggle has purpose and meaning. He says, in years in which we have seen evil, let your work appear to your servants. Let the work uh, that you're doing be known to us. Let us see that these struggles have purpose and meaning. And really, we want that, don't we? Don't we want God to show us the purpose and the meaning of our, our struggle each and every I love to see on Sunday morning people go to the altar and come from the altar in tears because that is evidence that they are seeing the work of God in the midst of their struggle. Wow, wow, wow. Because you could, many struggle their whole lives and never ever see God. Uh, wow, what a blessing, what a wonderful thing it is to see God in the midst of our struggle. See God in the midst of our pain and suffering. See God in the midst of the life that we are giving up to him and the life we're getting, to him, getting from him. He says, let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. Notice, when we struggle and when we reveal who we are in the midst of that struggle, God glorifies himself and his glory can be seen by our prodigy, by those who come by, behind us, by our children. And, and they can be the children of our flesh or they can be spiritual children that are our children who have been discipled and mentored and, and been given the good things of God through us. And I think about the, seeing the glory of God in the midst of those struggles and others seeing those struggles being real and being true. And then our children, whether they be physical or spiritual, seeing the glory of God in our lives because of those struggles. He says, and let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us. Notice, we sit, they see the glory, and then the beauty of God's grace is upon us and, and can be visually seen, can be recognized and known. He says, and let the beauty of the Lord, uh, our God, be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Notice, God then is making the work of our hands. God is making his way through us. The work of his hands is upon us, and we can see his work at, alive in our lives. He says, yes, establish the work of our hands. And that's the end of the struggle where God is literally using us to do his will in his way rather than us struggling to do our own will in our own way. Uh, wow, what a great psalm. I, I, I can say this very, as I prepared for this last night, very, very exciting to see Moses' perspective. Can you imagine the man of God who is reluctantly the man of God, real reluctantly, did not want to go to Egypt and struggled with his own inadequacies. He doesn't speak well. They're not going to listen to him. He doesn't know God like other people know God. Notice he, he says, he says, who shall I tell them sent me? And basically saying is, God, I don't even know who you are. Uh, how am I going to tell how am I going to tell them stuff about you? I don't even know. I've lived my own life my own way. In fact, 
when he tried to free the children of Israel for the first time, he killed, he killed Pharaoh's servant and had to flee Egypt because of it. He's been doing his life his own way. And, and you can see the struggles that Moses has all through his life. And yet the power of God manifests over and over in his life because not because Moses was perfect, not because Moses was a great man. It's because Moses was willing to allow God to do his work in his life. And sometimes that was a reluctant willingness, but it was a willingness nonetheless. And then as he gets to the very, very end, as he gets to the end of his life, he is, he is the man of God. He is purely based off of the work of God in his life. But there is that element of free will that happens once God has chosen you and redeemed you and brought you out. There's that element of you choosing to, to walk with him through that salvific or that sanctification process. Those words are very important biblically. Salvific and sanctification. Through that process, you begin to be totally made different and made new. And people can see that. And that's what Moses was talking about. The prodigy of our spiritual walk and the prodigy of our bodies can see that. They can glorify God. And those around us see the glory and the goodness of God because of that. And may we always be that. May we always uh, be striving for that. And may we always be submitting our will and our way to his way so that we might uh, live the days of our lives for a, a purpose that, that, that changes the world. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.